Good morning. Let me hold on a second. Let me take my first sip of coffee right here live on the podcast. Wait, wait. wait. Oh, yes. Yes. That first sip of coffee on a Sunday morning just hits different, man. So good. Hot coffee. I'm recording this podcast almost in real time. It's like 7 a.m. Sunday morning. This comes out pretty much right after I get done recording it. Um, man, yeah, it's been a busy weekend. It's actually my anniversary. Not today, but Friday was. Last night, Ryan and I went to Crisp, brand new restaurant in Rochester. Again, the millennials ruined. This is something my generation, we have to own that we ruined restaurant loyalty. We did. We absolutely ruined it. Because we were talking about where to go. And all the usual suspects came up, right? All of our favorite Rochester restaurants came up. And instead, we chose to go to the new place, which I'm super happy we did. Had a a wonderful time. Crisp was great. I mean, I'm going to tell you about the food, the atmosphere, the drinks, everything in a second. But, like, it was occurring to me that, you know, we chose to go to the new place. The new place, right? I Bam, back in the day, we used to talk about this all the time on that Wham 1180 Food and Wine show about how we just kind of, like, my generation really just, you know, people had favorite restaurants. What My parents, your parents, did your parents have? My parents have like two, maybe three restaurants that they go to, tops, period. That's it. Two or three restaurants. And within those restaurants, they only have two or three meals that they order. <laughs> you know? For Ryan and I, it's like we've got restaurants we love, love, like L-O-V-E, love, that we maybe go to once every two years. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so wonderful time, though. Crisp is great. It's down in the South Wedge, relatively brand new. I think it's been around less than a year. Feels very, like, new inside, renovated, very clean, very kind of um, just kind of elegant, chic, I guess. It feels very kind of cool but not trying too hard to be cool, just elegant, you know? For food, ooh, did we do some damage, man. I feel like my anniversary gift from my wife was just a, hey, let's order the whole menu. I know that's what you like. <laughs> so she's like, let's do it. We ordered a fried chicken with honey drizzle appetizer. We had a garlic knots appetizer. So good. I was thinking about ordering extra garlic knots, bringing it home and using it for sauce today. Uh, we had um, my mouth. Yeah, now my mouth is watering. She had the uh, seared ahi tuna. I had braised braised beef with uh, carrots and Brussels sprouts. We also had sides. There was a pork belly mac and cheese. There was French fries, and there was like a fall veggie medley. And then for dessert, apple crisp with vanilla ice cream, which I'm totally ripping off for my sauce dessert today. I, uh, I'm going to do some more apple crisp today. Because we have, we just, you know, we do the Wickham Farms CSA. And so we just had our apple you pick. So Ryan came home with like six or seven bags of apples uh, the other day. And I actually, I used two bags because I, it's always occurred to me that we don't make any applesauce at, at our plant at craft uh, cannery. And, you know, I'm really good friends with Evan shoot. Like I saw him on Thursday and we ended up talking for like 15 minutes. We just, we click every time I see Evan, I, I love Evan so much. And of course he's the, Geez, he's like the fourth or fifth generation owner of Shoots Apple Mill, Shoots Apple Farm, excuse me. And every time I see him, recently I've always said, and he and he agrees, and we always say like, hey, we need to do applesauce. This is apple country, and who's doing applesauce? And stop me if I'm wrong, but of course there's Mott's, right? There's the big guys, Mott's. Then I know Red Jacket does, but they're kind of far. They're not really like proper Rochester. 
So who's like going to come out in Rochester and just be like, here's my line of high-end apple sauces? I think it would do well. I really do. And, uh, and so does he. And so we talked about that. And then, you know, my wife comes home with way more apples than we're ever going to eat. And so I just took two bags of her little apples. And yesterday I had a couple hours. I was home with Leo and I made it a little daddy Leo project. And I was like, we're going to make some applesauce, man. And one cool thing I like about the applesauce, I always assumed you had to like peel the apples, which I think does help. And you certainly can peel the apples, but you don't have to. And it turns out if you don't peel the apples, your applesauce gets a little more color. And it's not that just kind of like plain yellowish apple-y thing. It's, uh, it's got a little bit more color to it, which I don't know, you know, who knows from a public standpoint, does the public prefer an applesauce of a certain color? I don't know. Who knows? I put a lot of dark stuff. So this applesauce actually turned out pretty dark because I put in cinnamon. I used brown sugar. Uh, I had a little bit of clove in there. Um, Vanilla, right? Like all black things going into this applesauce. So it really turned out kind of more brown. A little bit of lemon juice, too. And it's got a great flavor to it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, we need to start making some applesauce out of Kraft Cannery. Anyway, now that I've taught myself how to do it, maybe we will. So, uh, I'm sorry, completely went off track here. Well, see, you get me talking about food and I'm, I'm down a tangent. So, uh, Crisp was great. I would highly recommend. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I think I got off easy. Because it, it is the it's the sixth anniversary for us, so according to the Google, that is the candy. It, the classic was either candy or iron, is the sixth anniversary, and the more contemporary is wood. So I actually stopped at Eastview Mall, which was actually really good to see Eastview Mall on. This would have been Thursday night, close to closing time, like seven p.m. ish. And it was actually hopping. There was a lot going on at East View Mall Thursday night. Uh, but I, anyway, I stopped there and uh, got her some assorted candies from Andy's Candies. And I got a couple of wood signs, just cute little things that say, like, you know, love grows every day. Or every day together is another day of love. You know, those those, those sayings, those romantic sayings, uh, wood signs. And then I, I actually printed out, I found the original file. Microsoft Word file on which I wrote my vows and I printed that out and I like added on to them. I like wrote on the bottom of the page. I like wrote a little bit more uh, updated version or something. And that, that was my anniversary gift for my wife. Yeah, I kind of felt like I did okay. And also, you know, the tradition, it got, it, it got me off, you know, without having to spend a lot of money. <laughs> like candy and wood, not that expensive. <laughs> So it was okay. It was a win-win. Although if I if I keep this up and I keep doing the traditional gift, I'm pretty sure somewhere in there, it might be 10 or 20 or 25. There's one of those anniversaries in there somewhere. It's diamonds. So I got to, yeah, eventually that's going to come back to bite me. <laughs> oh, anyway. So I feel like I got off easy, though, because um, this weekend is actually the first ever, the inaugural, I believe you say, the inaugural Mackenzie Child Craft Artisan Festival. And uh, I went down there on Thursday to set up, and then Friday I had to work all day because it's actually a three-day event. So being that it's Friday, 
Um, I'm lucky enough to have a couple of great help uh, uh, people who help me with Google Animal Sauce. Um, one young lady named Everine, another young lady named Lindy. They're wonderful, but they work regular jobs. So, you know, they, they weren't available on Friday. So I had to go down on Friday. And if you've never been down there, Mackenzie Childs is a destination, man. Holy cow. They have built this amazing thing down there. It's like this series. It's like this mansion and these like series of barns and stuff on this giant, beautiful just hill overlooking one of the finger. Which lake is that? Oh, gosh. I don't even know which lake it is. I'm sorry. But what it's overlooking one of the finger lakes. Beautiful view. And, of course, they sell uh, essentially housewares. And it's a really specific style. And if you somehow aren't familiar with Mackenzie Childs, look up Mackenzie Childs. Just Google it. And you'll see exactly what I mean when I say it's a specific style. It's like um, the art is very the, – all the pieces tie together. They all look alike, a bit alike. So if you've ever been in someone's house <clears throat> who loves Mackenzie Childs, like my friend Lauren Dixon loves Mackenzie Childs, you're going to see the whole house to be outfitted by Mackenzie Childs. It's just like a vision – it's like a vision of what a house should look like, at least decor-wise. Um, and they create that, and they basically sell that experience down there. And it's really, really, really cool. And so I'm working my booth, and they – I was aware of this, but they've had this thing for years called their trunk sale, which is where once a year they do a giant sale. Excuse me, I'm drinking coffee. They do a giant sale, and people come from hours away and wait in line and just flood the place. And I guess what I learned this weekend is that they're making a change, and what they're doing is they're going to online only with their trunk sale, or at least they're going to do this if this weekend is successful, I should say, which now makes me think maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn here, but... um. So this was, I don't know. I mean, they didn't tell me it was confidential. I was told this by a Mackenzie Childs, like kind of higher up person this weekend. So I'm hoping this isn't confidential. If it is, I am so sorry. But anyway, the trunk sale will eventually become just online only. And then this Artisan Craft Festival will become their new signature, like come on down event, you know. And uh, which is great because, man, this this is like, it is just a wonderful group of people who come down there. I mean... I don't know how else to say it other than I guess I'll just say it in plain language. It's kind of a it's a very high end clientele. And I was told in probably the the Thursday that I I'm sorry, the Friday that I was there, I was told probably five times at least that I was severely undercharging for my sauce. It's <laughs> great. Not great. Every time I'm like, okay, you think that, huh? Okay, great. Let's pack up shop and and let's go let's go to uh one of those West Side Wegmans and we'll do a demo. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what those customers say about me undercharging for my six dollar sauce. Anyway, <laughs> I know, right? It was great though. I love it. I love, love, loved hearing that. I'm gonna get a special sign made that I only use for that event in future years. <laughs> it's like ten bucks a bottle. <laughs> uh oh, but what but the the thing is high-end clientele but also such a wonderful clientele just pleasant people great conversations all day you know just 
a really, really cool thing they've built down there at Mackenzie Childs. And and it, towards the end of the day on Friday, then, they start bringing around some of their big wigs. So I got to meet their creative and brand director. So really the person behind all the artwork. And I just talked her ear off. I'm pretty sure she was annoyed by me by the end. Then they bring the CEO around. And, of course, I'm just like the one thing about me that makes me either weird or cool, and I'm not sure you can decide. But for me, celebrities are celebrities, and that's cool. I mean, you know, it was cool to meet Carol King. Rihanna came to Rochester once. That was kind of cool. But um, for me, like CEOs of big businesses to me are celebrities. And I get nervous and I asked for pictures. And like this this guy, this CEO, when I asked him for his picture, he I think he half thought that I was screwing with him. You know, but I'm like, no, no, seriously, like to me, this is really, really cool. Can I have a picture with you? And uh, and he obliged, of course, and he was very nice. They were all just so kind down there, and they were all the artists were doing like these um, these kind of exhibits and showing how they make all the artwork. Anyway, I could go on and on about it. It was a really, really well done arts festival. I was super honored to be a part of it. And I uh, hope to be again in the future, of course. This weekend also is Hilton Apple Festival, so it's a double festival for us. And, uh, yeah, I know. And and the the inventory is kind of like getting down there as far as sauce goes. I mean, I can't wait to get in and regroup tomorrow to work. And, cause I, man, I got pending orders. I just, it's, uh, it's getting away from me, man. <laughs> it's getting away from me. I need help. Uh, luckily, I got a lot of help. I got a lot of, I got great people right now. I was thinking about it all week. A couple of people that uh, I'm lucky enough to have work with me right now are just really, really, really good people, really good kids. And do you remember last week I was talking about how I had handed off some responsibilities to a couple of my high, more higher trusted guys. And, uh, and that's not to say anyone's not trusted, but you know what I mean? It's kind of my more higher trusted, like top guys been with me the whole time. Um, one of them has been with me, Nick, little Nick's been with me since he's like 19 years old and uh, really got to see them this week kind of run with that thing that I was telling you about last week in the podcast with the scheduling and the procurement and stuff and just seeing them run with that. I was just so like happy to see that. I was so proud. There was a part of it that was pride. There was a part of it that was just happy to see them grow. And there was a part of it, truthfully, I'm just being honest here, that was selfish, that I was so happy to say like, wow, that that's all in really good hands now. And I can just take it off my plate. And sometimes I feel guilty taking things off my plate. And then other times I feel like it's actually by me keeping things on my plate, I'm actually hurting the business because I'm taking away my ability to do or work on bigger picture things. Like right now where I'm at is I'm, I'm actually starting to feel a little bit behind on my Grow New York presentation. Now, granted, that's still a full six weeks away. And I, I would say with it being six weeks away, we still ha- we already have pretty much already have the talking points down. So all that's really left to do here is the PowerPoint and and, you know, filling in the details on the PowerPoint. But it's still kind of an intimidating thing because. I think I got started on it, and then I kind of don't like where it was going, so I almost basically trashed everything other than the first slide, and I'm starting over, and wanted to get a little bit started yesterday, and now I'm thinking I'll start today, but now it looks like family's coming over, so maybe I'm not going to get to start today, so then I go, well, that's great, I'll go to work tomorrow, but once I get to work, like, I can't, if I get, when I'm at work, like, I do not get left alone, there is no leaving me alone, I don't get five minutes to myself at work, so... I just, I don't know. I'm starting to feel kind of 
behind. And I listened to this podcast yesterday on my way uh, out to the factory. I had to go to work for a little while yesterday. And I listened to this podcast yesterday about a guy who's talking about CEOs and managing of their time. And he just said like five or six things in there where he's like, and if you're doing it this way, you're doing it wrong. And if you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. And I'm just like, oh, God, that's me. That's me. You know, and he's basically what he's saying is if you're busy, but not getting anywhere, <laughs> you might be a redneck. No, sorry. It sounded like I was setting up a Jeff Foxworthy. So there was that. Let me see where I'm at. I'm uh, recording this a little differently than normal. Uh, you actually using my phone for this one. So we'll see how it turns out. A complete change of topics here, but it's something that I found. I've been finding fascinating, but then there's a, an anecdote that I find very funny. And that is apparently there's a new Jeffrey Dahmer documentary out. And uh, I've always loved true crime. And I've listened to and watched. And actually, it's one of my first memories of true crime was when Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested. I remember that. My parents having that on the news and everything. But then beyond that, um, you know, in, in the past few years, since true crime documentaries and podcasts and things have become such a big deal in the last decade or so, I've consumed a lot of it over the last decade. And Jeffrey Dahmer obviously being one of the heavy hitters. Um, I uh, I heard there's a new documentary out, and it's funny because there was a song years ago, Katy Perry, uh, where there's a rap verse in the Katy Perry song where the guy says, like, I'll eat you up, like Jeffrey Dahmer, like, and like nobody batted an eye, <laughs> but now that the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary is out and people are figuring out who Jeffrey Dahmer is, people are like, oh, that was a terrible lyric. How did people not know who Jeffrey Dahmer was? Seriously, maybe it's young people, but right now, my social media between Twitter, TikTok, Instagram really feels like there's a lot of people discovering for the first time who Jeffrey Dahmer is. I thought Jeffrey Dahmer was a really, really well-known serial killer. I did not realize. And of course, he's got the one, the, the thing about him that is so unique, shall we say, is that he was a, a cannibal. Well... This is where I say there's the anecdote that gets funny. Mm. I had to be careful because this is, I mean, you know, you're talking about serial killer. You can't, because you can't say serial killer and funny synonymously. But um, <laughs> apparently, there is this guy, and I went and I looked up his videos, so I shouldn't say apparently because I've seen it with my own two eyes, who's, who lives with his parents. He's like in his mid 20s, he's on TikTok, and he. His parents watched the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary and are very freaked out. Like his, he says, his mother is very like freaked out by it. She's she was very scared by the documentary. She was just haunted by it. So he, this is so bad. He started acting like Jeffrey Dahmer and filming it every day. The little subtle things like that Jeffrey that the documentary says that he used to do. He's like tucking in his shirts. He went and got glasses. He's like just drinking. Sorry. He's drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. He's carrying around like a six pack of cans of Pabst Blue Ribbon and just drink drinking right out of the six pack, like one can at a time. And his parents his mom is like slowly catching on that he's he's his behaviors are changing, but they haven't figured out yet that he's impersonating Jeffrey Dahmer. They just think he's become weird. 
Oh my god, sorry. I don't know why I think that's so funny. I just think that's kind of a funny prank, like to pull on somebody to just subtly start acting like somebody else. Oh maybe I'm missing the mark on that. I don't know. Alright, let me go back to something more fun. So it's one other thing. Uh last week I talked a little bit on this podcast about that I was looking to create a new position. I actually use the word division and I got some good feedback on that one. Um, I heard from a a handful of people, you know, somebody I'd worked with for a long time. Um, some just kind of random resumes and stuff from people who said, Hey, heard you were looking. Uh, I got a really nice cover letter from a girl who applied for the job, who, who wrote me this really nice heartfelt message. And that was like, I was like, Oh my God, like this is I love, yeah, I just loved it. I loved the amount of feedback that came back. And hopefully, I really appreciate that because, in more than one case, it was somebody who hadn't necessarily heard the podcast, but somebody who heard the podcast had told them about it. And so, again, I just want to thank you so much for telling them about this job, I guess. And I, and I honestly do see it as a little bit more than a job. I see this as a, as a, a, a new, division potentially but i also don't want to oversell that because we are still a very small business and you know sometimes when you say somebody's going to oversee a division i don't want anybody picturing like they're going to have their own building with their own team and trucks and like stuff you know like no this is this is more of just uh, anyway uh, we'll talk more about it um what else did i want to get to i'm sorry i'm trying to wrap this up before too long i did want to talk just a second about football bills and browns it's amazing we made it to the fourth week or is it the four yeah it is week four it's amazing we made it all the way to the fourth week and the bills and the browns haven't conflicted yet until today because my wife's a bills fan and i'm a browns fan but they both play one o'clock today the browns are against uh the falcons the bills are against the ravens and so i actually am gonna bring in i have this antenna tv that uh i actually have like in the garage that really only just picks up you know regular over the air tv channels but i'm gonna bring that in today we're gonna literally have two tvs in my living room (laughs) for football today because she doesn't want to give up the bills and i don't want to give up the browns so there's that Uh, and the um i i got oh god i'm sorry i gotta piss everybody off The Bills fans were just relentless last week. The whining. They lost that game to the Dolphins, and they whined so hard. Like, the Twitter timeline was just Bills fans crying for an hour. And listen, I am... I get it. I have cried over Brown's losses before, and I have whined and whined and whined. But man, oh man, this was a tough one. Because this was one of those ones where the perspectives were just so different, where Bills fans are saying, like, look at all these yards, and look at all this time of possession, and we crushed you guys. And, you know, and meanwhile... You know, we the, the Bills fans are basically saying we crushed you in every single statistic. You just got lucky that you happened to have more points than we did. Meanwhile, B- Dolphins fans are saying the same thing. They're going, "Hey, I don't know what to tell you. We let Josh Allen throw for almost 500 yards, and he only scored 17 points. Uh, this kind of sounds like maybe this one's on you guys." You know, so it was really a, a tale of two perspectives there, I suppose. But the big controversy out of the game, of course, was Tua Tagovailoa, who now that the Dolphins have actually played two games since last Sunday. So now we know how that story ends, and it ends very unfortunately, as he is concussed during the Thursday night football game for what many believe to be a second time, but there's no real proof of that. 
many, many people, not just Bills fans, but many people are saying he was clearly concussed during the Bills game because he was wobbly and couldn't walk straight. But then the Dolphins end up evaluating him and deciding that he uh, had hurt his back. He, he had a back injury. He was not concussed. Now, there's supposed to be an independent third-party doctor back there making those decisions. And apparently an independent third-party doctor looked at Tua and said that it, or gave him the concussion protocol or what do they call it? The um, baseline testing, right? That's what they call it. Gave him the baseline testing and essentially decided that he was fine. He did not have a concussion. So then that's a problem with the system, not the doctor, because everyone's blaming the doctor and the Dolphins. Well, listen, the Dolphins, Tua, they all want him to play. The doctor's supposed to be the guy who comes in as a third party. And if he ran Tua through all of those tests and Tua passed those tests, then that doctor would have no choice but to let him back on the field because now the doctor is looking at the exact same trouble he's in right now for not stopping him from reentering the game. He'd be looking at in the other direction. If Tua had not been concussed, and the Dolphins lose that game. Now the Dolphins want him fired because they stopped him from going on the field despite having no evidence that he shouldn't be on the field. Anyway, then the Thursday night game happens. He gets thrown to the ground again. He does that thing. There's a word for it, but it's basically when your body, it's not a seizure, but your body kind of has this, your nervous system has this reaction. And people are talking about how his fingers were all like just messed up and almost deformed right after the concussion. And, and it is. It's because that's a, a reaction that the body has after a concussion. And there is a name for it. And I can't remember what it is. But uh, but anyway, so now he's out and the doctor is fired. The NFL Players Association has fired the doctor. I guess in conjunction with the NFL, because I always thought that the idea was that the doctor cannot work for the Players Association, the NFL, or the teams. The doctor has to be completely independent. But I don't know how that would work, because who would hire them? Somebody's got to hire the doctor, right? Doctors can't just show up at the gate and be like, oh, I'll do it today. You know, like somebody's got to gonna be some organization to that. So maybe I got that wrong. But I thought that the idea was that the doctor had no affiliation with any of the parties involved. And now he's fired. Well, not fired from being a doctor, but he's fired from the uh, NFL, I guess. So. All right. I'm going to go upstairs and get the sauce on. Uh. This is, uh, this is a tough day. I got two events today. Uh, luckily, I do have quite a bit of help. Everine and Lindy are just wonderful. So um, I got a few hours off here right now. We're going to see if I can get to some of that Grow New York stuff. I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. Also, oh, oh, you know what else? Saturday Night Live was on last night. Season premieres. I want to watch that too. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. You are the best. If you need me for anything, you know where to find me, okay? Thank you. Have a great week.